to the latest episode of Photopocene with me, Josie Purcell, your host, and it's the place where we share eco-conscious photography in an audio way. This time we'll hear how parents and teachers can be a great positive influence on our creative endeavours, so listen along to find out more. I'm joined today on the Photopocene podcast by experimental film photographer, Olivier Bartlett. Um, welcome to the podcast, Olivia. It's really lovely to have you here. Thank you for having me. Not a problem at all. I'm really excited to chat to you about your your work. Um, as always, I think the best place to start is probably the beginning and just finding out a little bit more before we talk about um, your practice and your plans for the future. How you were drawn to photography in the first place what is it that led you to be interested in in choosing photography as your your sort of creative outlet i started photography fairly young because my dad because he's a photographer as well but for him it's more of a hobby yeah and i love inspiration from him to start because he uses a lot of film techniques so I started off with film photography and it just sort of progressed from there on to oh, doing a course about it. So oh, I think I was fantastic. Nine when I had my first camera and it was a film camera as well and I instantly fell in love with it. Oh, that's brilliant. I, I love to hear when people have been inspired by, uh, you know, their family and it's sort of all, you know, passing down through the the generations and keeping keeping the love of photography alive. That's that's brilliant. As, did your dad have a particular sort of preference, landscapes or close-ups or anything, or was he sort of street photography? Somewhere in between landscape and street. But yeah. I think he mainly prefers landscape because you don't have that awkwardness of photographing people without their knowledge. Yeah, it can be quite daunting, I think, if you were interested in that, to take those first steps into street photography for those reasons. Oh, that's really good that your dad's inspired to you. So you've said that you've went on and you've actually studied a course um is that a course that you've recently I think you've come to an end of you're just sort of um at the end stages of that course is that right yeah I did uh, level three photography and I've just finished it and I'm going off to uni in September to do fine art that's must be really quite exciting so you're going on now to do a, a BA is that yeah yeah and where would you study that uh Northern School of Art in Hartlepool it's the same institution that I did my level three at oh fantastic so there's sort of a a continuation there as well will you have the same lecturers then or do you sort of move on to different lecturers with with the courses Uh, move on to different lecturers but I will still have contact with my old lecturer because I'll be doing workshops at the college I've just left for the photography students oh fantastic so you're sort of almost giving back to the course that's given to you then in a way yeah oh that's really cool um so the course that you're on then that's obviously been a place where you've been able to I guess fine-tune how you want to work with photography um and and I understand that you know you're you're an experimental film photographer what is it about that that sort of um 
that way of working that's drawn you to it? It's the unusual outcomes, I guess, because I go into them not knowing what outcomes I'll get. Mm. And it's a lot of trial and error process. So I'm constantly experimenting, refining, doing more research on it and then experimenting again to see how different my results were Mm. from the first experimentation that I did. And a lot of the work that you are creating through these experiments, in fact, possibly all of the work, is very much um, relating to climate change, um, uncertainty around environmental issues. The way you're working, this experimental way that you're working, how that relates to the environment around you. What is it you're trying to say about environmental issues through your work? I think because I, with the work I create, I try and focus on creating images that would look like landscapes from like a satellite point of view. Okay. Which most people don't see very often. So I'm trying to capture that unseen perspective Mm. to try and show people what could happen. And you've got a series that you've created um, and I believe again that this possibly was on the course that you've just finished called Uninhabitable. So can you tell tell me a bit more about that series? Uh, That was a series of zines that I produced as my final piece for my final FMP Mm. in which I used different cameraless photographic techniques to create images to try and push the boundaries of photography. Mm. and have you um shown that work now is that have you had exhibitions with that work yeah the zines weren't part of the exhibition but I did have like images within the exhibition I think I had 66 total prints wow in that exhibition and the three zines that I produced was part of it but they weren't in that exhibition because I wanted to mainly focus on my prints that I've done Mm. and I, I with this to create this series am I correct um in saying that you made handmade negatives which which you then enlarged in the dark room and a, a, there's a, a lot of your work is actually created in the dark room um how did you go about creating those negatives then with those negatives because um I have series called crystallotypes and I yes. used different crystallized chemicals and I mixed it with water okay. and then applied it to acetate and let it dry overnight oh amazing and then I enlarged in the dark room on different size photographic paper oh I really love that and you mentioned your um I'm going to say this wrong crystallotypes like <laughs> I probably said that incorrectly but you do have some on your website and they are really beautiful to look at in their own right just sort of um and it's sort of to me it, it's almost like um trying to describe it on an audio um program i would probably say the meeting of ice crystals with medical um, MRI scans or something like that it's really really fascinating um, and I can see why you know if you if you love this this sort of uh, idea of not knowing what you're going to get why the, that sort of uh, appeals to you as well as a, as a photographer um, but you 
use as well, I think, a process called cliché fair. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, some I... of that is done in the darkroom as well with negatives that I've made. And can you explain a little bit more about that process for people who perhaps might have never used it or haven't heard of heard about it? I've I used watered down acrylic paint and then applied that to acetate. But then I added household chemicals like washing up liquid in bleach and oil on top of it and then let that dry overnight. But on some instances, I applied it straight on the acetate in the negative carrier in the dark room okay. and then captured the chemical reaction between the two over a period of like an hour to maybe two hours. Oh, wow. And is all of your work then, in, is the majority of your work created in a dark room? The vast majority of it. The vast majority of it, yeah. Even yeah. some of the colour stuff that I've done is in the dark room as well. And I guess with the colour stuff, that you, you you don't even have the benefit then with that. From my, my memory of, of printing colour many moons ago, of having a red, a safe light. So yeah, you, how do you manage to do that in complete darkness then? <laughs> At college, it was fairly easy because um, the dark room was quite big okay but I also had the danger of walking into things but yes. I had because I've used that dark room so often I knew the layout of it so even in the complete darkness not being able to see I knew where everything was okay and at home in the dark room I have at home it's smelly compact so I only have to turn 90 degrees to um, develop that print okay oh fantastic so you've got a dark room as well at home which is is brilliant and yeah. how, how much time do you actually spend in the in your dark room then, would you say? During my FMP, I was getting on for almost four hours a day. Oh, wow. Uh, Monday to Friday. But since I'm on the summer break, I've taken a step back from creating because I got to the point in my FMP where I got very stressed and very mm. withdrawn from the artwork that I was creating. So I wanted yeah. to like put a distance between myself and artwork before I started uni yeah yeah it's it's really important to um to give yourself that time isn't it to um yeah like you say step back and give take a breather from it I hope you're you're actually enjoying this this time um between your course and and uni coming up um because you'll no doubt be sort of having to to get straight back to it when you when you start again in September but what's the the course you're doing in September now you've obviously been working in in um experimental photography but I think you're looking at going on to do fine art um and maybe expanding on your your art practice in in different ways um what what are you hoping to do then through the the, the fine art course I'm hoping to still be photography based but I'm hoping to go into more of like 3D elements so like combining my photography with sculpture and clay and woodworking and stuff like that. Oh fantastic have you tried um have you been doing anything any experiments yourself yet or is that sort of something that you're going to do once you start the, the course? I think it would be something I'll start to do when I start the course but yeah for one of the units at college i image transferred some of my images onto patent slabs and created a 3d piece from that oh brilliant oh that sounds really really brilliant and i i, I think it's really 
fascinating when you combine sort of the 2D into the 3D as well. So, yeah, I'd be really excited to see what you go on to do with that. But I also believe that um, once you've done your BA in the future, you'd also have plans for maybe going on to do a teaching um, degree so you can teach others at, at, at colleges um, and even in the future then a master's and a PhD. So is the educational side of things really important to you? In a way, yes, because the college I've just finished, uh, the teachers taught me a lot and they were very supportive and friendly. And it's the first educational setting I've been in where I actually felt safe and accepted by my teachers. So I sort of want to give other students the same experience. That's really good to hear that you've had such a positive experience at, at, at your college. Brilliant to hear that they've done that for you. Um, and it's really wonderful to hear that it's inspired you to to want to go on and do that as well. Um it's really important, I think, in, in everyone's life to have good teachers and good lecturers. So, yeah, it's always really lovely to hear that. Um, now, with your your photographic work and obviously sort of its basis around environmental matters, um, will your future work still be involving or, you know, sort of uh, be underpinned by environmental concerns or are you looking um, maybe to look at other areas to investigate? I think I'll be staying within the environmental issues mm. but I might focus on more different topics because okay. at the moment it's mainly uncertainty. Yeah. I kind of want to focus on the rising temperatures and ocean acidification. Mm. So I might then try and produce work focusing on different areas of climate change. Yeah. And is, is, is sort of your interest then um, in environmental matters, is that, you know, because we're learning more and more, um, certainly nowadays, um, and it's, it's more prevalent in mainstream media, et cetera. Is, is it sort of influenced through what you're, how, how is it influenced? How, where does the, your interest in photography obviously grew from father and him sharing his passion. So where's the sort of the, the, the need to tie that into environmental issues come from? Um, I started investigating environmental issues in my first year in my photography course because of mm. my lecturer. He does, uh, Installations focused around climate change as well okay. but his is more towards the arctic so i sort of took inspiration from him as mm. well on the theme of the work that i produce what are you trying to say through the work you create maybe to consider different sustainable options because mm. i found some people can be a bit arrogant mm. and ignorant towards climate change some people think it isn't real and mm. some people don't want to change because it they won't affect them yeah yeah it, it's it's really difficult sometimes with these topics isn't it because um if it's not sort of right in front of you something tangible it, people can often struggle with exactly that like you say it's it's sort of not happening to me even though it, it is it's not um it's not as easy for people sometimes to 
to grasp that um with your with your series uninhabitable you've had um you've shown it as part of your course do you have any other sort of shows that, that are coming up or any sort of um exhibitions that you're going to take part in online or or you know in a physical space up to put together a solo exhibition at some point next year maybe in Middlesbrough because there's a few galleries that I know of that have, have there's the gallery in Middlesbrough that current that currently have an exhibition on and my mm. work is currently in it oh, so I might brilliant. try and talk to them about putting together a solo exhibition oh that's fantastic um and what's the name of the gallery where you are at the moment uh, pineapple black Okay, fantastic. So I can always try and put a link to that um, in the podcast details for you as well. Um, and if if you wanted to sort of give advice to someone, then perhaps um, starting to sort of think about photography, the environment, um, and working in it themselves, what would be your advice to someone who wanted to to sort to use photography as a tool to to share sort of stories around the environment just to experiment over and over again because you don't know what results you're going to get which ones you're going to like and which ones are actually going to portray what you want to say mm. I, i've had a few issues where the experimentations i've tried didn't go to plan so i've retried it if it still didn't go to plan I maybe changed my way of thinking and how to go about it. Mm. And do you keep, do you keep sort of quite a lot of notes on on your experiments, or do you, when something doesn't work, you try something else, but you're not necessarily writing it all down and keeping records. How do you work then when it comes to creating? Um, but when I start new experiments, I write everything down that I do. Mm-hmm. So the ingredients I use, the chemicals, the paper, how long I've waited yeah, and stuff like that. So I know if it works, I know what to do next. And if it doesn't work, I can try different things to try and change the outcome. Yeah. See if that works instead yeah. of continually, continuously trying the same thing over and over again and getting the same result. Mm. Now, I know this question can sometimes put people on the spot, so don't worry if you go blank. But is there is there a photographer or any photographers that you would say have been um, an inspiration? You mentioned your lecturer has been. Um, are there any other photographers in particular whose work that you've, you've um, been inspired by that sort of relates to what you're doing? Uh, Edward Batinsky is yeah. the main one. Yeah, he does take inspiration from. Definitely, he's uh, he's done some quite uh, very um, large scale images, aren't they? Of sort of vast landscapes, um, and often from above. Um, so I guess that sort of ties back to you saying um, that the idea of creating work that looks like um, it's from satellites. Um, how do you sort of manage your own sort of thinking about photography as a tool to tell environmental stories? I think with me, because it's all I do, main and mainly work with, is in the dark room, and those chemicals can be quite hazardous mm. to the environment. So I try my best to use them as much as I can before they expire, yeah. instead of just reusing different yes. chemicals. 
and I also try and limit the chemicals that I use within my experiments yeah I try not to use ones that are too hazardous but also ones that will you like create the results that I want yes yeah yeah because you I mean we have to you know to create work you have to it's just sort of around these ideas of of like you say sort of what you choose to to use or limit the use of all of these different different sort of ideas and thoughts around photography itself and how um photography as a medium can be potentially more sustainable all of these different sort of thoughts if if um what I like to try and ask everybody is is how you uh, is is how you would th- you think photography can actually influence um, people's thinking about environmental matters and and potentially taking action. I think people look at photographs more than other sorts of artwork. So mm. I feel like it's a better medium to use to try and communicate that method that uh, message than anything else it is probably the most accessible and as you say sort of the um the least alienating maybe um of of, of art forms um so what have you got now then you've got your you've, you've got your on show at the moment you've got your your course coming up um very soon um are you are you just sort of kicking back now and, and relaxing until till your course starts then pretty much i've got some ideas of uninhabitable uh, volume four as a zine but i'm waiting until i start uni to start putting that together yeah and if people wanted to find out about your work and just learn a bit more about what what you do and what's coming next where are the best places can they can they go a website or any social media that you have i think Instagram is mainly the best place. Even though I have a website, I don't update it as often as I should. Whereas <laughs> on Instagram, posting and announcing announcing anything that's happened. Brilliant. And what how what what's what name can people find you by on Instagram? Uh, Olivia Bartlett, but Olivia is spelled with like, as Olive I A. I will make sure that there's a link to it in the podcast um, text so people can click through them as well and, and find out um, about you and hopefully follow you um, and see what you, you're, you're, you're getting up to. Thank you so much, Livia, for, for taking the time to have a, have a chat with me. And I do really hope that your, your next, um, your BA, your next course is, is brilliant and you um can spend you know a lot of time sort of discovering more about combining the 2d and the 3d um sides of, of, of your photographic work and um please make sure you do share those on your instagram because it'd be lovely to see with what you come up with next thank you that's all right livia thanks It was lovely to chat with Olivia and I hope you'll check out her work. I really love how sharing a passion from family to family, friend to friend, lecturer to student, just with each other, sparks new passion for photography, especially for environment related photographic work. 
So if you'd like to take part in Photopocene and share your eco-conscious photographic story, do please get in touch with me via my website, josiepurcellphotography.com. It'll be lovely to hear from you. Till next time.